Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. In studio, Dr. Sandra Gibney. She was actually here. Uh, somebody had said, hey, can I get the booster shot? And she said, sure. So on her way to work, she stops by the radio station. I see her in the hallway, and I drag her in the studio. Doctor, thanks for being here. That is truly what happened. Yeah. That is truly what happened. It's, it, it is. I don't. I'm not. Uh, because, you know, I am a serial vaccinator. You, <laughs> you like that now, huh? <laughs> I like that. I've yeah. taken on that moniker. Well, you know, I have this, this opinion, and I don't expect everybody else to have the same opinion, although they should, <laughs> is that uh, get vaccinated no matter what you're seeing, no matter what you're hearing from people uh, about the VAERS registry or things like that, mm. you're much more likely to be healthy and, and happy as you get vaccinated than if you don't. So I also believe we should not have mandates, though. I think that's just that's just wrong. That's just me. And then, Randy, I need a little audio here because I want to get uh, I want to get your opinion on this. And if you say, well, I don't have an opinion, that's fine. Too. Is this going to be timpani again? No, no. No, no timpani. This okay. is actually Sajid Javid, and uh, Sajid is the Health and Social Care Secretary in the United Kingdom. And he was speaking to Parliament about the Omicron, I almost said Omicron, I'm sorry, it's, uh, the Omicron variant. And and I just want to get, you know, your feelings about this, because like I said, you're a straight shooter. You and I, we both believe in getting vaccinated and... Uh, and I think you're just a great source of local uh, knowledge and information on this. So that's why I want to get your take on this. Okay. FBI published its advice in the last hour. First, it advised that the minimum dose interval for booster jabs should be halved from six months to three months. Six months to three months. Get a, get a booster jab every three months. I disagree. Why is that? So, first of all, we know that... When you stimulate your body's immune system, it's not without cause. So, and, and as well, um, we don't want antibodies to new things floating around all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay? There are certain autoimmune diseases such as lupus or rheumatoid arthritis um, that the body can kind of recognize itself as foreign if it gets too many circulating autoantibodies around, right? Mm-hmm. So we want the right antibodies at the right time, and there is no reason to get – a new stimulus, a new perhaps insult to the immune system if you still have adequate antibody levels. And most of the vaccine uh, individuals in the studies have shown that their antibody levels and titers, if you will, are certainly high enough at the six, eight-month range to be very efficacious. So, you know, it, it, you put it at a risk yeah. if you start vaccinating everyone three months of autoimmune, other vaccine, every time – we do the vaccine, there's a small risk that people will have a side effect, right? right? As you pointed out to the adverse, we have to report any adverse side effects. So when you, if you have adequate antibodies, there would be no reason to suddenly vaccinate people with the same vaccine in three months. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make good sense science-wise. So maybe that's, maybe that's his uh, take on it, but there's not enough well, I science think we, I, to I think for that. those of us who are not scientists, you know, we're not virologists, I have to understand is that getting a vaccine is not like wrapping yourself up in a plastic bag with air holes that will prevent you <laughs> from, from ever getting sick. It, what it does, it actually activates the antibodies, making you more resilient, not perfectly, absolutely 100% resilient, but more resilient uh, against the virus than not. And what you're saying is that if you do it every three months as opposed to every six months... There could be a problem with that. Yeah. Again, you want the antibodies out there, but you don't want what what typically happens with our primer 
is that you get, as we said, you get that, that first wake-up call to the immune system. Then you have the second vaccine, which is typically four to six weeks, maybe three weeks with Pfizer, four weeks with Moderna. Well, we don't even want to do six-month boosters, you know, but there are many of us yeah. who feel like, I got my shot. Why can't I be done with it? Or right. maybe every 10 years like tetanus. Well, it's not tetanus. Well, just get it get it once, like the MMR vaccines when we get when we were kids, right? Right. right. You well, know? they didn't. Get, you didn't get it once. Now, remember, MMR. You got it two months. You got it four months. You got it six months. You got it the age six to eight. You got it at ten to twelve. You've maybe forgotten that, but the, I did. When those were very virulent, and they were all viruses, right? Mumps, mm-hmm. measles, rubella, when they were active, right? Right. Um, and they were circulating in our milieu, right? Those children with no immune memory how to get vaccinated two, four, six months, and then ten, all the way through. So there's there's at least two months, four, four seri- six months, and then... Mm-hmm. And then you move to... I'd love to 16, you co- said? School age, six to eight, yeah, then six 10 to, eight. to 12, and you finish at 18. Mm-hmm. But And then you go on to your booster levels. But there's that, there's that three or four vaccine need when you have a very immature immune system. Um, so. You want to take a call? You love taking calls. I huh? love calls. Where's the dude? It's uh, <laughs> Dude, you're famous. Uh, Dr. Sandra Gibney's in studio. This is the first time you've been in studio for a while. I came here last week. I vaccinated you. Where you been? Yeah, but I mean actually sitting down with the microphone and, and, uh, and talking. Oh. You know. It's been a minute. I think it was me. It's been a minute. <laughs> and the lieutenant governor. Uh, Loretta, so how did Dr. Gibney? Good morning. Hello. Nice to talk to you. It is my pleasure, ma'am. Okay, I have a question. I had COVID, and then I got my shots. So does that mean, like, I'm double protected, or does it mean, like, the shot negated my normal? This is an awesome. This is a great question. Awesome question. Yeah, because people do ask Awesome question. Thank you for asking that, Loretta. Loretta, yes? Loretta. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, because... um, you're going to dispel, you're going to help dispel some myths here. First of all, when you recover um, from COVID infection, you actually will build antibodies to that specific strain, that specific wild type or variation. However, you don't build up antibodies to other mutations, variations, and strains. So we call it a wild type, which is basically the one that's most wild in your community. You will build up antibodies specific for that. And we hope you will. Most people do because you recover. And then your serum will have what we call convalescent antibodies. But you will have those antibodies for that particular strain. However, because we're dealing with a polyvalent uh, vaccine, you actually will develop a more broad and more encompassing antibody milieu, if you will, um, to that vaccine. So therefore, you'll cover more than likely, many of the other variations and mutations other than the wild type that you recovered from. But you may be extra added because you did get COVID, so you should have those antibodies, plus you were smart enough to get the vaccine uh, and the second dose of the vaccine. So now you have what what we can say extra protection. And people ask the question all the time, well, I had COVID, I don't need to get a vaccine. You should. You should for those reasons as well. People say, well... You know, why should I get a vaccine if I already had COVID, so I can't get it again? Oh, it's because the, va- the vaccine. Well, here's the other question I have. Loretta, thanks for the call. And Thank I, you. All right, you've done the right thing. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Uh, a couple other things about this. So you get, let's say you get the Delta. But doesn't that also mean you have antibodies for the original, the Alpha, that's also that was also involved, and perhaps others that were involved? 
as the as this vaccine, I'm sorry, as the virus mutates, doesn't it also retain some of the other variants? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. So, you know, as you talked so, about, so the that thing binding is, domain if, might change. If, so if you've got the Delta and and this virus that you caught has already also been part of, it's also, it's also had like uh, Lambda and Mu and, and all that, but when you catch it, the Lambda is no longer as virulent as the Delta that's now within the same core of the virus. Aren't you now building up antibodies to all those other variants, even if you got sick from the Delta? So your question, I'm going to say that the point of contact to the virus to the cell is really what triggers the antibody. When we talked about the the binding domain, right? that is what the virus presents to your immune cells. So as we talked about, you know, when, when a, a virus invades a cell, there's a whole host of things that happen. But there have to be groups um, that present antigen presenting cells that actually take that and show that to your immune system so that the immune system can then make the appropriate antibodies to it. But it is that binding domain that really gives us that information of what kind of antibody to basically produce. So when the, and this is the problem, right? When COVID changes the confirmation and the nucleic acid sequence at that binding domain, at the site where it sticks to your cell and gets in, Mm -hmm. then that becomes a problem. And that's why we're talking about Omicron being a bit of a challenge, right? Yeah. Because um, it's changing the way it looks to us. And it's at that binding domain is where we get all our information about what to do about it. Right. So, when these viruses like Lambda and Mu, as we talked about, they changed a little bit in that confirmation where they dock onto your cell. And that pretend we thought to be a concern. Right. But it turned out there were other characteristics of that mutation that did not favor it to continue to replicate. And so, you know, Merck just got emergency use approval for one of their drugs. Right, and the anti- pill. Yes, antiviral. And soon behind it, there's a second Pfizer and they work differently. Mm-hmm. Um, one creates a missense for the virus so it can't code properly and then it can't replicate, right? And the other one is a simple protease inhibitor that we see when folks have HIV and that disrupts viral replication. Two different methods of doing it. One is creating a, an insertion of a missense nucleic acid sequence so the virus gets screwed up and can't change itself and replicate itself with its messenger RNA. I want to get back to something that uh, you were saying when Loretta was on the phone about the virus you catch. I really want to get a good understanding of of this, wherein somebody catches the virus and go, wow, uh, we could tell now, analyzing uh, the virus in the blood, that this is Delta. So Omicron comes along. You have antibodies against Delta. You have not yet gotten the booster. So do you have antibody protection against Omicron? You're at risk. You're at risk because that... But you do have some because yeah, yeah, because the a, core is still alpha? Uh, in a no? sense, there's a binding protein, and that's what's going to be unique to Yeah, that's what Omicron, you say. Yeah, right? that, that's the part so that's going to be infecting you, yeah, is so, the binding protein. Yes, exactly, right. So that's why we're worried, right? Because that's why you can have Delta re- re- recover and still be vulnerable 
to Omicron because those native antibodies that you produce, not the vaccine, right? But your convalescent serum are specific to the Delta. Okay, now now you got it. Right? One more yep. time, but the vaccine itself is more polyvalent, right. right? More broadly effective. You got it. Gotcha. All right. Uh, 302-529-1017. As long as Dr. Gibney's here, let's get to calls. We get to uh, Audrey. Say hi to Dr. Gibney. Hi, Dr. Gibney. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Well. Um, yeah, we're doing great. I, wanna... I only punched him three times so far. <laughs> I, I want to ask a question because um, I got the first vaccine and the second vaccine. And I got... Um, uh, you know, I looked through it all. I had asked uh, to see what, all the ingredients in it and see any of the stuff that I thought I would have any problem with. And I got neuropathy. I am not diabetic. I am basically healthy, except for a bone marrow disorder. Um, but I got neuropathy in my feet and in the tips of my fingers. As I looked through it, and uh, I don't go on Facebook or any of that stuff, but I looked in uh, stuff on the vaccine reporting system, saw that some people were getting neuropathy who were not diabetic, and they were a very small percent, and it was due to the propylene, I think it's called propylene glycol. I'm very sensitive to, to chemicals anyhow. So I am not going to get the next one because I don't want to make what I have worse. I have gone to the doctor about it and everything, and I would like to know from you what maybe supplements or things do you suggest to help people other than the mask and washing your hands and all to protect themselves. I know about vitamin D and all and the higher amount, uh, and I hear different things floating around and not Facebook-wise, but like, uh, you know, even Oz, Dr. Oz, he got on a local show um, and I'm not a big Dr. Oz fan, I'm saying, but he was saying vitamin D and zinc and stuff. So I wanted to hear what you had to say. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like um, perhaps, you know, we can have true, true and unrelated, but perhaps the vaccine induced something for you, a neuropathy, if you will. Um, so um, essentially what we're looking at with a neuropathy is inflammation or some form of nerve um, Sometimes it's just abnormal firing. Sometimes it's just pain. Sometimes it's sensory signals. Mine's um, mine sensory. It, mine is sensory. It's the numbing. Mm -hmm. It's it's the sensory neurons. Got gotcha. it. Certain nerves. So so <clears throat> sounds like what you're referring to is the PEG, which is the uh, additant to both the messenger RNA vaccines, um, which is polyethylene glycol. Right, polyethylene glycol. I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. That's it. So that's antifreeze mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. other oh, yeah, crude terms. But it, it is an amazing um, admixture. Um, it's actually sweet, as you know, because your cats can drink it. But we, we know um, they, they actually put fluorescent dye in there. So we can trace it on our antifreeze or, you know, yeah. our transmission. Yeah, can I just right? say something? At one point when I was younger, before banking and everything, I worked, I worked at Pet Boys. So I'm very familiar. Oh, oh wonderful. It is, okay. it is, it is, it can so you can change oil. Stuff. Could you change my oil, Audrey? Yeah, right. yeah. So, so what do we do? So, so, so the peg, yeah. she's worried about the peg, and the peg is in both of the messenger RNA um, and it's ethylene glycol. It's a great preservant, and mm -hmm. there are some inert ingredients in the vaccine besides just the coating for that messenger RNA. Um, so for me... You want to – I think there's two questions here. How do you restore your nerve health? Because we don't know whether that will be – if it's related, we don't know. Whether it will be temporary or permanent, we don't know. 
Um, you want to do things to restore your nervous system, which are the B vitamins, right? So thiobin, mm-hmm. riboflavin, B12, the B Apple, vitamins. Acid. Yeah, so all those are really good to restore mm-hmm. nerve health. And then, you know, the best thing you can do is what we did originally before we had the vaccine, right, is stay away from people. And if you are outside, stay outside, not in closed contact, you know, stay away from folks. And if you have to, put a mask on. Um the other vaccine that is still circulating, the Johnson & Johnson, the Janssen vaccine, um, less likely to cause that, but has its own risk of side effects. Now, I don't know I how can't. Long. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to interrupt. I can't because I'm on a low-dose chemo okay. and, and aspirin for a bone marrow disorder, which, which is high platelets. And I'm in, in, in a good position, but taking that would put me in a, in, in a, in a, a higher level, even a higher level of having a stroke. Understood. So, um, yep. Yeah, I can't, I can't take that either. So I've been doing all the other so things. So the immune boosters, right? Everything you can do to, uh, like, don't dismiss getting plenty of rest, keeping yourselves hydrated. Yep. Um, people with low vitamin D levels have shown that they had less immune function and had more difficulty. So all these things that boost the immune system, vitamin C, again, superhuman amounts or super therapeutic amounts, Probably not a value, but certainly not any deficiencies. So address those things. So I tell folks, you know, address any vitamin deficiencies because that's really where your immune system gets a lot of its stamina from. And, um, you know, I think you're doing everything right. Yeah, let me let me uh, chime uh, in. I, I, can, I, can I just say I'm taking like 4,000 on the D? You know, I know the higher level of the uh, three to 4,000 on the D. Um, I, but I know Rick wants to interject something, but I have to go to a funeral and somebody's just getting over COVID. Is, uh, she got cleared for uh, by the state of Delaware, but I'm a little leery. Um, should I go near near that on Saturday or not? She just got cleared a couple of days ago. You know what? How how fond are you of her? Oh, I, I love her. She's great. She's my cousin. My uncle just died. I okay. I can go see them another time. You know, so, uh, the, the sound in your voice says stay away. Uh, you know, she's been cleared by the state. And that's great. And I think, um, you know, but you want every possible chance to avoid getting sick. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. And You're Rick, welcome. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry. I, I ask a lot of questions because I think you guys, n- both of you, know so much and so informative. I mean, doctor, you're so informative. And I've listened to you all the times so I catch you on, on on the radio. And you inform a lot of people. And we all appreciate out there. And, Rick, you're just awesome all the time. And you get great people on, too. So, Rick, can I hear what you have to say? And I'll be quiet. Thank, Thank you. you, Audrey. Yeah, Thank here's you. what I have to say. Sandy's great people. I got her on the show. Thank you, Audrey. You're awesome, okay. Audrey. Be well. God Thank bless. You for that. Okay, thank thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. This is actually what I wanted to ask. Could you please repeat what you think we should be taking to protect ourselves, our immune systems? And I'm taking this as something that we should continue doing, even along with the vaccine. So you get vaccinated. But in addition to that, my opinion is... Also do this. Yeah. So the niacin? Mm-hmm. For nerve health, yes. Yeah, so okay. thiamine, and? niacin, B12. Thiamine. Now, the and... B12 has to be taken sublingual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't really get absorbed. It needs certain – has to come through – can't go through the, the stomach. It just doesn't get absorbed that well. So sublingual or shot is the B12. But the other ones can be in the form of a vitamin. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to sell any particular No, 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 I know but, you're not. But I'm just saying, no brand names here. But, no, okay. vitamin C, vitamin D, and the B vitamins are uh, very helpful um, to bolster your immune system, right? 
So um, you don't want to take too many of the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. And I didn't get a chance to tell Audrey, just be a little careful with the D because it, a, vitamins A, vitamins D, vitamins E, and vitamin K, um, all those are stored in our fat tissues. So the other ones, if you take too much, you pee it out. But, okay. Yep. They're water-soluble, but the fat-soluble A, D, E, and K can be stored. But so, what we want to do for our, for our neural health and... The B vitamins. Yeah, are vitamin. Good. Yeah, B, C, D, riboflavin, niacin. Yeah, when you say niacin, riboflavin, they're all the B vitamins. Right, all the B vitamins. Yep. Thank Vitamin. you. Yep. Dr. Sandra Gibney, you're the best. Really appreciate you. No, you're the best. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that that sounds like your Fauci imitation. <laughs> no, I'm local yokel. No, 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 no. All right, we'll be back after this.